Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke and it is summer and I'm wearing my summer shades. And today we're going to have a conversation with Hannah Von Spruce. Many of you would know Hannah. She is a UK coordinator for Divine Renovation. And today, Father James and Ron and I have a conversation with her about the Divine Renovation UK Conference. One of the things our ministry does is best known for is events all over the world. And the UK Conference was a special moment in time for the hundreds of people that were there. Enjoy today's conversation. What's the state of the Catholic Church in the UK? It's probably quite similar to other places in the West. I'm sure it's very similar to to the situation in Canada. Definitely decline over the last 10, 20 years. I think one of the big things that we see is that immigration really props up the numbers in our parishes. It seems like, you know, churches are full, perhaps, and masses are still happening, but it's really propped up by people who've come in from outside of the UK. When you meet priests and parishes, you know, so many of them have the same stories, the things that they're struggling with. One priest the other day, he's he's kind of gradually become interested in divine renovation. And he just said having a, a team around him for the first time. It's just totally changed his experience of the priesthood. He felt alone before, and now he's with this team, and they're praying together, they're talking, they're dreaming, they're like visioning about the future. I think that kind of story shows what the experience is for lots of priests, you know, that they, they're alone, and they have this huge burden, there's fewer priests, often the same number of masses that they have to do, and the same kind of burden of work. What strikes me as odd is that it's, it's so foreign to so many people in those leadership roles. It just seems to be the norm that priest does not have a team that, to help him lead. I, I think it wasn't necessarily formed for a priest to maybe consult with some key people. I don't think it was ever done really in an intentional way to try to get balance or anything. But, you know, a senior leadership team is not just about consultation. It really is a form of shared leadership. So that's just the model of leadership that we've inherited. The priest is the lone ranger, and, and that's the culture that we've come, come out of. And in a Christendom model, that was okay because... You know, we most priests can do what they were trained to do, but to be leaders in, in a church in a post-Christian world, we were not trained for this. And we still know how to do all of these things. We're competent o- over here, but in these areas, if we're going to move into that territory, we need help. With parishes, as you go out and, and, and speak to them and, and you have conversations about things like senior leadership teams, how are you being received? I meet so many priests who, I think this is what they would really like, but you know moving from where they are now to to that place where you have a a healthy functioning team that's really tough I've seen parishes go through different numbers of teams because you know the first one didn't work and Mm -hmm. they had the wrong people on it or or whatever and I think to get to a place where where it's actually really working and and it's healthy and um, all of those kinds of things but I think deep down that's what people want when when parishes decide to go on mission one of the things at least the ones that connect with us they they often like they start talking about how should I build my team who should I bring on to my team and particularly who's the first who's the first staff person I should be bringing on what what advice would you give to them you have to ask yourself Are you good at administration? If you are, then you'll probably do the administration and then hire somebody for evangelization. But if you're getting buried in administration and you're passionate about evangelization, you might want to hire somebody to help you get out from underneath all the administrative work you do to free you up to do that. Any staffing position, you've got to be creating a staffing position with the next position in mind. So avoid staffing positions that are going to thwart that. So for instance, it's often a common thing in churches to say, well, the first thing we're going to do is hire a youth minister. 
even you know grumpy parishioners believe we should do something for the youth. So let's start a youth group. But if you invest in evangelizing and raising up missionary disciples, it will open up the door for your next hire, whereas some positions don't do that. The biggest investment you can make at the beginning is adult evangelization. I think seeing parishes where they're beginning to do that, you just see the fruit of it. Because you've been doing this for a little while and working with a bunch of different parishes, I just I would love to understand what you see might have changed over the last year. Do you see, do you sense any change? You know, people are talking more about evangelization. Do you know what I mean? Like people know that it's something parishes need to do, right? And they, they talk about it. You hear of all kinds of different initiatives that different dioceses are doing and that kind of thing. It's just interesting to see the parishes that we think are being influenced by the ideas of divine renovation. You know, they might not be coaching, but you know, they're taking up some of these ideas. And I mean, it's very, very early days, but I'm just I think, fascinated to see how that's going to develop. The reason we, we work with parishes is, is, isn't is because we just have a passion for parishes. It's because we have a passion for people. Is divine renovation making a difference in, in people's lives? And do you have any examples that, that might sort of help us understand what you're seeing? There's a girl working um, with us at the moment on the conference. And two years ago, she wouldn't have been in church. She wouldn't mm. have been really anywhere connected with her faith and it's just exciting you know now she's on our team and she's helping plan this conference I think what's cool is we keep hearing from parishes obviously at the end of every alpha so before Christmas lots of parishes finished and you just hear stories each time of of people who've had changed lives so we'll be sharing some of those stories at the conference as well. It's all about mobilizing local churches, parishes, which are the people in the pews, to be ambassadors for Christ, to help people come to know about him and come to know him. The lesson I think that's present is, like, you might be a priest listening to this right now going, like, I don't have the right people in my pews. I don't have the right, I don't have, I don't have the people yet. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, right? Like, not only do you... Our people look just like your people. They're regular Amen. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's a beautiful thing because what what happens is I think once you start to go on a mission, those people just show up. Sometimes in, in you know in the world of the church, people say, "Yeah, well, that's your particular gifting. You're that kind of church leader. You're the church leader that's going to rally people and charge the hill and take the hill." And me, I'm the kind of church leader who looks after grandma. And the point is that it's it's not either or. Church leaders, you're called to take the hill with grandma. <laughs> Grandma's the one who's going to take the hill with you. And then when you begin to go on mission, people show up. And what do we mean by mission? Because it's when somebody has a transformational encounter with Jesus and the love of the whole, God is poured into their hearts through the Holy Spirit. That's when they go on mission. So that's what we mean. It's an encounter with the risen Lord in a way that changes your life. That's what we're talking about. We're going to this big event, right? What are you hoping will happen there? So I think any time that these amazing group of people gets together, we know it's going to be fun. We know God's going to do some amazing things because he always does. And then also, you know, there's lots of people coming for the first time to a Divine Renovation um, event. People who are just curious to find out what this is about. Yeah, we're just excited to meet them as well. We're just trying to structure the event in such a way that there's something for everybody. You know, there's something for the people who are just kind of curious there there's something for the people who are getting started 
And then there's something for the people who are a bit further down the line. So I think it's just going to be a great time of everyone getting together and just seeing what the Holy Spirit is going to do. It's that network of parishes that are, are, are already on the ground doing things around divine renovation. And we're, we're inviting them up onto stage, right? It's not like, oh, they happen to be in the audience too. No, no, no. We're, part of our goal is to give those, those parishes, those parish priests, give them platform to speak about what's happening in their parish, in their context. When Father James wrote the book Divine Renovation, our phone started to ring like crazy. And it was problematic. And we realized that we needed to raise up more people who could help more people. And Mm -hmm. so the vision has always been to raise up others uh, so that they can be a blessing to the people around them. And also, in in addition to that, when this begins to happen, people who are in very different contexts than, you know, a, a suburban, a large suburban parish in Nova Scotia, when life begins to grow in those places, and even under the leadership of pastors or parish priests whose leadership style and personalities are maybe different from mine, it blows apart this idea that, yeah, that's good for you, but that could never happen here. What really heartens me is is the fact that we're, we're seeing what we'd hoped to happen in terms of yeah. we're seeing those parishes own the mission, we're seeing those parishes yeah. drive the mission, we're seeing those parishioners, particularly those parishioners. We see them stepping up, spending their time, trying to make it a good experience so that we can get more parishes involved in the mission, more people on fire for the opportunity so that we can yet reach more people so we can bring more people to Jesus. And is there anything else you wanted to share about your, your about what you're seeing in the UK? Things happen so quickly, you know, like I think some of the testimonies that were at the, at the last conference, we've got, you know, brand new stories and people are sharing their stories at this conference because so much has happened for them. I'm just excited for anyone in the UK to just, just come along and just see what this is all about and come and experience it for yourself. I'd like to ask as well for every, everyone who is listening or watching. So wherever you are in the world, mm. if you can intercede for that, uh, the, for, the, for those days and even the days off, if you can uh, go to da- daily mass, maybe offer your mass, pray, pray the rosary, whatever way, you know, go have Eucharistic adoration, whatever it, what way you, you can contribute to this conference, you can be, you can be with us there. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you want to stay connected with Divine Renovation, why don't you try try downloading our app? Go to your your app store. You can download the Divine Renovation app and stay connected with this summer short series and other things we've got going on in the ministry. Join us next week for another summer short.